Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Those of you who were hoping and wishing for a white Christmas, congratulations. <laughs> you made it, huh? Uh, we are so grateful to be together, and our theme for this Christmas is about hope. Hope. Kind of reminds me of the uh, family who had just had their Christmas dinner. They had been to church already, and they had opened their presents, and uh, they were playing a, a new game that they received for Christmas called Gestures. You may have seen this game where you pick out a card, you're on a team, and uh, you have to give gestures without saying what the word is to try to make your team guess what the word is. And so it was, it was, uh, it was John's turn, 12-year-old John, and he was hoping that he would get a good time that people would guess. And so he got the card, he put it down, and then he squatted down like this, and he had his hand on top of his head like this, okay? And then he said, okay, guess. And so some one person said, uh, uh, a bowling ball. No, it's not a bowling ball. Another person, no, it's, it's a bomb with a fuse. No, it wasn't a bomb with a fuse. Someone said, it's a yard gnome. No, no, a parrot. And finally, the time expired. The buzzer went off and exasperated uh, little, little Johnny. He says, no, I, I'm a pumpkin, okay? And, and, and then everyone there said, ah, we should have guessed that. Ah, and you know, that's kind of the response that I think when you get to this time at Christmas Eve, ah, you know, you've, you've been rushing and running around, many of you, for a month or so. Uh, you've been buying presents, you've been wrapping, you've been baking, you've been cleaning, you've been doing all these things, getting ready for Christmas, and now it's here, and you can just sit back now and just enjoy the true meaning of what Christmas is about, and especially tonight, the hope that you have because Jesus Christ is your Savior, born for you. You know, speaking of hope, you know, I, I've been asking people, what, what are your hopes this Christmas? And a lot of people said, well, you know, now that our family is bigger and we've got, uh, we've, our, our kids are married and we've got grandkids, I just hope that things are peaceful around our house this year, okay? <laughs> or other people say, I just hope that my health holds up because this has been a rough year for some people especially. And I hope that, that, that as we go into the new year that things will be better. Or maybe it's, it, maybe it's your income or, or you, you know, at your job. Maybe it's a relationship. You just hope that things get better. There are so many different kinds of hopes tonight on this Christmas Eve. And it's not only what you hope for, but where is your hope? Who do you, who do you hope in? Is your hope based on a confidence, on a surety that you know is true? Or is your hope kind of like what happened when Larry and Elmer were out, uh, were out hunting? And uh, they, they had been out all day deep in the woods, and they realized that they were lost. And they weren't sure what to do. And Larry says, you know, I've read that if you shoot into the air three times and just wait there, that eventually someone will come and find you. And so, sure enough, it's getting late, it's getting dark, it's getting cold. They fire into the air three times. And they wait, and no one comes. And so they try it again. They fire up into the air three times uh, to no avail. No one again comes after the second. And finally, Larry says, okay, this is it. I hope someone finds us this time because I've only got three arrows left to shoot up into the air. <laughs> 
Where's your, what's your hope based on? You know, when the world defines hope, they think of hope as more like wishful thinking. Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Perhaps. But the hope that we find in Scripture is much more sure than that. In fact, even when we, when we see the definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That's what your faith is. That's what real hope is based on the promises of God. And God is as good as His Word. You can trust in Him. So the fact that God loved you enough to send His only Son to be your Savior, not only to be born at Bethlehem, but then to grow up and then to take your sins upon Himself on the cross and then to die to, to rise again on the third day, to defeat that Satan and sin, to know that God loves you that much. You have a hope, a confidence that nothing can ever separate you or pull you away from God and His love. You know, when you heard the gospel lesson, that those familiar words in the gospel of Luke chapter 2, you realize that perhaps there were some shaky times there when maybe there was some hopelessness. It starts right there with, with Joseph and Mary, yeah, the angel told them that they were, you know, that, that it was, this was going to happen and that they were going to, that Mary, your child will be Jesus. He will save the world from their sins. And now it was time because of the Roman occupation for them to go all the way down to Joseph's hometown in a little place called Bethlehem. From Nazareth, where they were, it was about a 90-mile trip. And while romantic Christmas cards show Mary riding on a donkey and Joseph on their way to Bethlehem, these people were very poor. They were peasants. They most likely did not have money for an animal like that. And so for a woman in her third trimester, soon to deliver, to walk 90 miles, can you believe that? I mean, there must have been some questions in their mind. And then, verse 7 says, and it came time for the baby to be born. Boy, Luke always puts things right in real time. This was real time. It means that 40 weeks had passed, the gestational time. The Holy Spirit had conceived in Mary this, this child, this baby boy, and now it was time for the baby to give birth. Where would this happen? You would have thought that they would have had some relatives where they could find a, a clean and a safe place for Mary to give birth, but that evidently wasn't the case. There was no room for them anywhere, and so they went back in the back in the barn, and that's where the very Son of God was born, true God and true man. And Mary, it says that Mary placed him into some cloths that she had and laid him in the feeding trough where the animals would eat from. A manger. Not only does it mean that it came time for Mary to give birth, but it also means that it came time for God to fulfill His promise. In fact, when you look at when you look at Scripture, when you look at the Bible, look how long God's people waited all the way from Gen the first gospel in Genesis three fifteen, all the way through the, the, the prophets all the way through the history books, all the way through Psalms and Proverbs, you, all the way finally you get to the New Testament and you say, wow, those people, they waited a long time, didn't they? And they did. But the time came for the baby to be born. God made good on His promise. 
Do you remember when you were a child and you, and it was getting closer to Christmas and you were anticipating maybe something that you had asked for for Christmas? I remember one year I asked for a new bike. And uh, first I went to my dad uh, and I said, Dad, what do you think? Do you think Santa can bring me a new bike this year? And, uh, and then you get, to get those, those, those words, uh, prophetic words, uh, well, maybe, okay? That's not very hopeful, is it? And so you, you know how kids play off one parent against another, so it didn't work with dad, so then you go over to mom and you say, mom, mom, I really, I really need a new bike this year. You think I'm going to get one? And uh, then, uh, you know, instead of, well, maybe, uh, mom wasn't much better, uh, we'll see. Hmm. That's not very helpful either, is it? And then you start bugging him and bugging him, and finally, it was my mom who would always break down first, okay? And, and she, she would come by, and she'd, she'd say, well, I, I, yeah, I think it's going to happen, okay? Well, God didn't say, well, maybe, or we'll see. He promised that He would send a Savior. He saw us in our need, in our separation from God due to our sins, and He sent His only begotten Son on the rescue mission. And Jesus, the true, the pure Son of God, the sinless Son of God, born into this world just like you and me, only then to die on a cross. Jesus Christ becomes our hope, our hope. You know, the anchor uh, has always been a symbol in Christian art for hope. And an anchor is used to tether a boat so that it it doesn't move so that it stays steady and secure. And friends, you have to say, well, what is the anchor for you and, and for me? What, what's your anchor for your life? What, 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 what kind of tethers you to something that is solid and true and lasting and finally eternal? The only anchor that we have is Jesus Christ. In fact, Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 19 says these words. For we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We need an anchor because it's just like what happened with the shepherds. Do you remember it was the shepherds that God announced the birth of His Son? Shepherds, shepherding was not a very well-respected profession. In fact, they were despised, especially by the religious people who demanded all these do's and don'ts and ritual washings and everything. Well, they couldn't do that. They lived out in their fields. And when this field was eaten by the sheep, they'd have to find a new pasture to go to. And because of their personal hygiene, they were, they were very much looked down upon. And yet it was the shepherds whom God announced the birth of His Son. And it's interesting that what, were, when, what time, Luke is always good about putting things in time. The shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks by, what time of the day was it? Night, by night. And you know, shepherding was the hardest at night because it was at night when the predators came. It was at night when the thieves would come to steal the sheep. And yet it was at night when the angel came to the shepherds and said, don't be afraid, I've got some good news for you. Unto you is born this day in the town of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Friends, metaphorically, you've been in the night before. You've been in dark times because you live in a sin-filled world just like me and there is sin within you. It's at night 
when we start thinking about things and we, we have unrest and we toss and turn and we're anxious about what's going to happen and we worry about stuff. And that's when God comes to us too and when He comes to you as the anchor of your soul with the assurance that of the good news of great joy, that through Jesus Christ, your, your, your Savior, you are tethered to something that is secure, that will not move, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And rather than trying to tether yourself with the stuff of this world, you find your sure and your, sur, your, your sure connection, your certain connection to God's love and His Son, Jesus Christ. So that no matter what kind of nighttime experiences you have, that you know that you have a Savior. This really hit home for me uh, when I was at the seminary. My third year at the seminary is your practical year where, where you go out and you actually serve on a church staff for a year. And you learn a lot. That, I learned more in that year than the three years that I was at school. And I was with a wonderful pastor it was in a little town in Nebraska. We were newlyweds, and it was a town of 5,000 people, and the church had 3,500 of the 5,000 in the church. And so uh, every time you went down the street, you, always, you waved at everybody because you weren't sure, you know, if they were a member of your church or not. You just smiled and waved. Well, it was the day or two before Christmas that we received a phone call at church. And it was from one of our prominent members, and he was irate. He was so angry. And he said, let me talk to the pastor. And the, the poor secretary said, well, pastor's making hospital calls. Remember, this was before cell phones, okay? And uh, you couldn't uh, just call somebody. And she said, but the vicar's here. Yeah, great. Okay. So I took the phone call, and this man was so upset. He said... Vicar Luther, he says, my wife was just arrested for shoplifting, and I am so angry. I says, I've given her everything that she's ever needed. Our, our kids are doing so well in school. We have such a good reputation in this community, and now this happens. I can't even face her. I can't even go see her. He says, would you go see her? I said, okay. So I went to the county jail. It was the county seat, and Sitting across the table from me was this woman, mother of three kids, prominent leader in the community, and she's just sobbing uncontrollably, hysterical. She says, I don't know why I did it. I, I, don't, I didn't need this stuff. I didn't need to steal. I didn't need to take it. She says, I've ruined my life. I've ruined my marriage. My husband won't even talk to me. What do I do? You know, I had never even, I'd never been in a prison before. I had never faced anything like that. And so I breathed a quick prayer, and I gave her the only thing I had. I drew her back to the anchor. I said, here we are ready to celebrate Christmas. Jesus is your Savior. And you've been tethered to Him. As a baptized child of God, you know that through Him, that Jesus died for you, and that the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies you, cleanses you from every one of your sins. I said, are you sorry for what you did? 
through the tears. She says, oh, you know that I am. I am so sorry. She says, I've got good news for you. That the one born for you in Bethlehem, who died for you on the cross and who rose again, has forgiven you all your sins. You have an anchor in Jesus. And I said, yeah, there's going to be consequences. People are going to be very leery of you. Your reputation is going to have to be built up. But you know one thing for sure, that you have Jesus as your Savior, and no one can ever pull you away from Him. And by God's grace, your marriage can be repaired. You can get back on the right road. Friends, I don't know what kinds of situations you're facing or what your hopes and your dreams are for this Christmas. But you've got an anchor. You've got hope. Not because of what you can do, how much money you can make, or what you can do to celebrate. It's all about the one born for you in Bethlehem, the one who grew up to be your Lord and your Savior, who is the anchor for your soul. You know, when 12-year-old John got done and they didn't get his word and they realized that he was a pumpkin, they said, ah, uh instead of amen, I want you to say with me, ah, can you do that? Ah, (laughs) because it's true, right? It's true that God is real and that He is your hope and He is your salvation. You know, one of my favorite Bible passages from Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy as you trust in Him, so that then you may overflow with joy. May God in His grace this Christmas overflow in your heart as the anchor of your soul. And all of God's people said, Ah, God bless you. Merry Christmas.